Because you know, if you understand the workings of your business, because mm-hmm. that's what it is, it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. You understand all the components. And I'm not saying by any means that I know it all. I'm just saying that that was the only way I could I could learn is by actually talking to people. So that was the first thing was development. And I think that's one of the most important parts of it is that work on your script, you know, in terms of the ideas and, and keep refreshing it and seeing what works, what does work. If you can make a film that's, that can at least give your investors a return on their investment, then you know, then they'd want to invest again and, and again and again and again. So, Hi, I'm Yaku. And I'm Kaylin. And welcome back to Department Spotlight, which is the show where we speak to our friends and colleagues about their experiences in the film industry. And today we'll be continuing our discussion with Sans Munsami. And we'll be diving more into the directing world, his directing de- debut, and also his, uh, his role as a producer. Let's get into it. I think for me, uh, you know, the th- when it comes to films, um, I mean, I, I direct a, a lot of um, TV commercials now. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of a TV commercial helping your film skills is that you understand in, in a commercial, you've got 30 seconds or 45 seconds to 60 seconds to tell an entire story. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may only have 15 shots in the entire ad, or sometimes you've got less, and you've got to be able to tell the story in that time. So when it comes to film, you know, obviously you've got a little bit of breathability and space from a time perspective, but it enables you to understand how to, to tell a story in a swifter way, in a more concise, clearer way. Yeah. Because remember, there's the visual element, there's the dialogue element. You can now bring in those things and be a lot sharper with how you structure your story without necessarily having to make it dialogue heavy or or not. So yeah. you, know, you, you learn things. So the, I think the point of that is that if you can understand how to tell a, a story in the shortest possible way, it's a lot easier when you've got a longer format to do it. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that uh, you mentioned that you worked on like all these departments uh, working your way to where you are now. Would you say that doing that also helped you to be able to, to know okay, if I do it this specific way, then it'll tell the same story, but shorter. How do you think um, doing all those jobs has sort of influenced um, the way you direct, the way you write, the way you act? Um, I think there's, there's a few aspects to that. From a, from a producer perspective, there's one, because you can understand all the different departments, you understand what goes into it, what each person has to do, so they can't bullshit me. Um, so that's one uh, one major component because you know if you understand the workings of your business because that's what it is it's a business right if you understand all the components and I'm not saying by any means that I know it all I'm just saying that that was the only way I could I could learn is by actually talking to people understanding yeah. what they yeah. do technically skillfully but also emotionally as well I think that was the so one of the most important things for me um, is to understand the human aspect of it. Um, at the end of the day, if all, the sum of all of those parts is what's going to make a successful film. And I think I mean, we worked together almost, what, five or six years ago, Kaylin. Yeah, you were part I think of, about I, six years, yeah. Yeah, we worked on, on, on a, um, a pilot film called 12 at that point in time. Yeah. And we didn't know what we were doing, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. Um, we had a team that sort of came in the majority of the team i think there were 12 mm. people in the entire uh shoot in terms of uh, making the movie called 12 mm. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. um and i mean we were we were doing everything we were we were cooking the food bringing the food dishing out the food um you know so from framing shots to 
doing sound, Everything. telling people to be quiet, all of that. We mm. did it all. Like mm. pretty much everybody that was on the set was literally all hands on, on deck kind of thing. And yeah. um, like I said, we didn't know what we were doing. We had an idea. We had a, a vision. But you, you learn so much when you're actually on set. And that was one of mm. the most amazing, humbling, awesome experiences I've had in my life. And um, from there, you know, obviously we jumped into um, the actual film that 12 became Red Room, um, mm. where we had the absolute delight of working with um, Kanye Mbaa, who was a phenomenal actress. And as, as a director, that would have been my first official film, because obviously 12 was the school fees, really. Um, <laughs> and let me tell you, Red Room was a, a Musso experience in itself. I mean, we shot at that same location in Hillbrow. So we spent a lot of time there. Our crew had got sick. Kanye got sick. Uh, my wife was a co-producer and co-writer on that. Yeah, but it was an, it was an awesome, awesome experience. And I know the journey of, of what it took to actually get that film completed. Mm. And I have, since then, I have so much respect for filmmakers just to complete a film. Because mm. um, yeah. it's hard. In South Africa, yeah. it's hard. There's so yeah. many different components that come into play, finance. Yeah. Um, and we, we were supported. We had good partners. We had some in, amazing investors. Mm. Um, we also had the DTI. We were amazing support as well, financially and beyond. Um, so, yeah, it was, an, it was an awesome experience. And That's awesome. Uh, under those circumstances, the film that we eventually made, I, oh, I can tell you, I, we were so proud. We were nominated for numerous awards. We won awards. Yeah. yeah. Kanye um, yeah. won best best actress at uh, yeah. at one of the awards. We won uh, best screenplay. Um, I know I was nominated for best director, um, and you know amongst hundreds of films that were submitted. Uh, so we were so proud of it. And you know, awards don't validate what we do. Um, it never has for me. Um, but it's a nice to have knowing that mm. you know you are being recognized by the industry and your peers. But yeah, look, our journey has just started. If, if it wasn't for COVID last year, we would have probably made another two films that we had. On, yeah, on the yeah. cards to shoot last year. Um, at the end of 2019, we actually filmed our big comedy called Who's My Daddy? At that, we had like the most magnificent cast, um, starting from Nadia Jafta, um, Alfred Dombella. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had about 40 major stars, South African yeah. stars, South African legends that were part of it. And, and, you know, like I said, right at the beginning, we were talking about it, building relationships and and and, and people that I had, the, I was blessed to work with so many different uh, people throughout my my career, and obviously, co. We were supposed to open in in June last year. We were going to have a massive Father's Day, um, obviously with the whole "Who's My Daddy" theme, um, but we had to put it on hold because obviously the industry's taken a knock in terms of cinemas yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had some amazing partners, guys like AB Musa from the Avalon Group was also part of it, and we had other awesome partners, guys like Asgar from Esquire, who's always been our our partners. And then I think Kellen, you may have met some of our other partners at Dev Mirage and Associates, and just just some amazing guys that just supported us. And you know what? You need that sometimes, not just from an investor financial perspective, but sometimes also just like knowing that there's people that are there believing in you, backing mm. you, mm. and if shit, it's the fan and you've got someone that's there to go hey Sans, yeah. it's, so bad. it's gonna be okay just keep believing keep trusting in what you yeah what you're doing and trust your process keep learning keep growing um and that's the only way you you know yeah. we can yeah. have some level of success um and like i said it's, for, for me it's, it wasn't even about what people thought of the film i know what i what journey we went through between keru myself as a couple to make those films was just 
that was the honor and the privilege to finish the film. I mean, I, I still remember our final day of shoot. Um, we had to do some pickups almost a year after we shot the original film. Mm-hmm. And we went into this, this basement of one of our friend's houses and shot like at the bottom. We made it seem like it was at the bottom of a church. We had no crew. I filmed it. I pulled focus with big difficulty. <laughs> um, we used no sound with no sound in that particular scene. Um, and then um, our sound engineer built up that entire scene uh, and made it seem like there was dialogue oh, and this and that. Wow. Um, the, actor, the actor that we needed for that scene wasn't available. He was now gone to London, um, like a gentleman called Tom Fairford. So wow. I had to phone Tom and say, listen, um, <laughs> you're not there. So we basically filmed just the legs of somebody else um, and made it seem <laughs> like um, it was him wow. on the phone. And then we, we got Tom to do a voiceover in, and thankfully Tom's a voiceover artist. So he had like professional mics uh, in his house or studio and yeah. he, he did the voice, he did like sort of voiceovers for us and he sent it back down and we literally stuck that in, built Amazing. up the whole scene. And again, when I watched the film, can I tell you which scene I was most proud of? That scene. That scene. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that scene, but I'm glad that you guys picked up on that one. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was that scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing but yeah you know but it's those things that you know for, for me I'll always tell that story just picking it up uh, talking about your directorial debut which was Red Room and 12 which was the project before that uh, if we could just quickly summarize that again yeah, I'll just talk about uh, the process again for you and for any filmmakers that maybe also have struggled maybe to get their film made over a long period of time what advice would you give them to persevere through all of it and eventually have like a successful story like you mean I think the right word on that is persevere because mm-hmm. um, if I have to look at back at that journey of, of 12 12 remember like I said to you guys 12 was a pilot um, it was kind of us just figuring our way out and doing this for the first time. And then Red Room was the, the revisited version where firstly Kiro Kisner came and she edited that script, edited and, and turned the script from a basic script in 12 into something pretty damn awesome for Red Room. Mm. Um, so that was the first thing was development. And I think that's one of the most important parts of it is that work on your script, you know, in terms of the ideas and, and keep refreshing it and seeing what works, what does work. I think a lot of the times, particularly in South Africa, we take the script process a bit too lightly. Whereas in other industries, the script part of it is they spend so much time that once they get to, to shoot, um, the script is so nicely developed from a story perspective, from a character's perspective. And I think in South Africa, we kind of neglect that a little bit. Mm. And we were fortunate in a way that we did 12 like that. And it gave us the opportunity almost two years later to to work on the script and really give it a, a fresh edge. And yeah, I mean, like I said, from a shooting perspective and a funding perspective and a producing perspective, you know, finishing a film is very difficult. And I think I mentioned the last time I have the utmost respect for anyone who's finished a film and, and guys who've tried and not finished even because it still takes so much of guts and bravery and um, sort of financial risk to, to speaking, do it. So speaking of the financial yeah. risk, um, how did you get your funding? Uh, obviously, I'm curious. I would love to get a full made. Um, and a lot of South Africans maybe don't know exactly where to go. How did you go about funding? Um, look, we were blessed in a, in a way. Well, blessed. Like I said, we, we, what we did was we used 12 as a springboard, uh, you know, to have something. Or like a proof of concept. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, there's so many 
businesses that have, uh, you know, they, I'm sure a lot of filmmakers go with a piece of paper to to businesses and businesses. Those are businessmen. They don't understand. Yeah, yeah, um, true. They don't understand the concept. They don't understand what's creatively coming out of our mouth and the vision that that we are describing. You know, they they businessmen. They see numbers. So yeah. in order for them to understand your vision, you almost have to show them something tangible, something visual that mm-hmm. makes more sense to them, so that they can actually put their numbers towards it. So so from that perspective, what we did was we used twelve as a pilot. And we were able to take that to different sort of investors. And fortunately for us, we, um, you know, we've got, got quite a nice network of, of, of businessmen and, and guys who believed in, in what we were doing at that point in time. And they got involved and we were able to, to raise the money and, and, um, and obviously to, to finish the film. But it, mm. it wasn't easy. And, and thankfully, those pretty much those same sort of partners they all joined us on the next journey when we did um, who's my daddy as well so again if you can make a film that's that can at least give your investors a return on their investment then you know then they'd want to invest again and and again and Mm. again and again so i think the aim is to try and create projects that are commercially viable as well Mm. obviously do do the artistic work that you want to do but if you want to get investors and people from a financial perspective it has to be commercially viable otherwise they're not going to touch it and if they do touch it in the first place and you completely mess it up and don't make them back their money. Because like I said, they're business people. They, they're in the numbers game. Yeah. They're yeah. all about making money. Whereas we're all about telling stories and our vision yeah. and all of that. But yeah. at the end of the day, film is still a business. America, Hollywood, yeah. um, you know, they run it as a business. And that's why it's the, the great, their greatest export. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's an important thing you mentioned is that just remember that it's filmmaking as a business. And I think you should always just keep that in mind. And in your experience, Tina, do you believe that as a filmmaker, you sh- people should try and know every department when making a film? Like they should get that experience of first, like you did, working in everything before maybe trying to tackle something like that. Do you think that's important in South Africa? Um, look, it's not a necessity, but I think in South Africa, it's an it's a opportunity to actually learn every department and really understand how sort of every facet of the film works, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's a responsibility almost of, of a producer to know all of those things. However, that said, I know that there are producers out there that don't necessarily know every sort of facet of it. I just, that was just my learning curve. And I chose to to learn every department because I wanted to. I think um, everything about film excited me. And uh, so for my journey, I'd say, yes, uh, you should. But for, for everybody else, you know, I mean, whatever works for them. But I think if you're in this business, it's bloody exciting to have the opportunity to actually learn every department and know exactly how it works. So so people, as a, from a producer's perspective, you know exactly what needs to be done. You know, if you know you'll understand like on, on certain productions that you may not necessarily need the massive crews. You can actually shoot with, with, with crews that have multiple skills. And I think that's yeah. the way... I think COVID taught us a lot of lessons in terms of that. It's like you can actually shoot stuff with smaller teams. You don't need big teams where there's mm. so many people running around and then there's additional risk involved because of COVID and all of that. So now if you've got a smaller team, oh. you can actually keep everybody sort of wrapped up in cotton wool and try and finish a film without having to deal with sort of COVID disruptions and stuff, which is obviously a cost, a cost factor and a time factor. Actually speaking, I learned on COVID, you can, you can, don't have to elaborate too much on this, 
But do you think that COVID itself has changed the filmmaking industry in South Africa? And also, do you think it's also moved people more towards, we should be looking towards streaming as well? Uh, just in your opinion, briefly. Um, yeah, look, people are forced to stream. I mm. think people are also, to a certain extent, also stream tired. Okay. Um, you know, over, mm. I mean, people just, that, that, that's the only option. Whereas before, we had the choice of watching a little bit on TV, watching something on cinema, watching on our on our phones or watching uh, on our yeah. laptops or whatever and choosing to stream when we wanted to stream. I think um, kind of now you, the only option is to stream kind of thing. <laughs> um, and, 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 and that can frustrate people because we love having choice. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, love having true. the option uh, of, of, of deciding what we want to watch and how we want to watch it. And yeah, you know, that's true. for me, for me, the experience of going to the movies is still paramount yeah, yeah and definitely. It's, it's you know because it, it's not just watching it's experience it's your friends it's uh going with your partner or having that popcorn and coke and you know it's more yeah. than just sitting in your bed and watching yeah. on your phone or sitting at or your audience watching, experience yeah you know sure. so, so yeah. It, it, it's always nice and I, I always like you know i think I, I grew up at a time where cinema was magical still and i still believe that and i and then i think that's what um, enhanced my love for creating uh, film that would end up in the cinema. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Since you you were talking about being a producer as well, what do you look for in a project? You know, uh, when you deciding what to take on um, or what you want to, you know, put your name towards, what you want to spend that effort getting the funding for. What do you look for? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I think I think I mentioned previously that you know, South Africans obviously we've got such unique stories. I think unique stories is what I would always look for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I said, it's got to have commercial viability because mm-hmm. some stories are unique and has a very artistic feel that don't won't necessarily get lots of people watching it. You know, it's it's a niche product. So I'm now I'm talking purely from a business perspective. We, you want you want to be able to to tell stories that that people would would want to spend money on. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. True, yeah. true, true. <laughs> just to wrap up, I just want to ask any advice you'd give out to anyone right now trying to make a movie in 2021, the, the year of, of 20 years ago, basically. <laughs> <sighs> it's it's a tricky one. You've got to have thick skin, firstly. You gotta, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna make a film, firstly, have a great script. Um, believe in your script and understand exactly the vision of where you want it to be. Um, because if you don't, then you'll never be able to raise the money for it. Um, understand the commercial viability and understand also what's going on in, in the world, what the trends are and what people want to watch. Because it's also point is just creating content that is just reflective of, of you and what you want and what mm-hmm. you want to put out there. Mm-hmm. You've got to almost tailor that to understand what you want to put out there mixed with what the audience wants because you just put out what you want and nobody wants to watch it, then it kind of defeats the purpose, right? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. sometimes a lot of um, creatives have that opinion where they, I want to put out what I want to do. And that's all well and good. But then you've got to obviously live with the consequences of potentially no one watching. <laughs> true, true. True. Nah. Uh, okay. I think I think that's a perfect answer for that. I think uh, that's that's it from our side. We just want to thank you so much, Sans. Uh, cool, guys. It means so much to us, and uh, we're really, really going to help a lot of people with this advice. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks Have a great day. Thank you too. You. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Cheers. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Cheers. Thanks so much to Sans Munsami for coming onto this podcast and just sharing his career, sharing his knowledge, and sharing his advice. 
And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that podcast, did you know that we also have a full YouTube channel with all the video versions of our podcasts, as well as other filmmaking content like editing videos, writing videos, and behind the scenes videos. If you would like to check us out, please head over to youtube.com slash loop pictures. But until next time, go out there, stay safe, and, and make, make your, your movie. movie.